Gunnasti, how are ye? Welcome to the Candid Tales podcast. And this episode we are very much looking forward to because we're joined by Lonan Jenkins from the Embers Collective. Lonan, how are you getting on? Good to see you. Hello there. I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. It's great to uh, great to see your faces and chat about some stories. Exactly, indeed. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the beautiful version of Sleeping Beauty that you told and gave to us. And then that Oshin Ryan, uh, hello Oshin, how are you? Uh, will be echoing, echoing. And that's what we're doing with this series. I guess it's taking a story, echoing it. And uh, if you have listened to the last episode, you'll know all about it. Um, Lonan, this is great to chat to you. Uh, I'm delighted that we have a chance to link up again because we had the Origin show in Dublin once upon a time and I was over with the Embers Collective a couple of times. I think only once successfully. I tried mm. <laughs> Um And we've been telling stories for a while, kind of back and forward. Uh, so it's great to actually have a bit of a chance to cross pollinate and thank you very much for putting us up on soho radio for those of you who don't know the embers collective uh they do a soho radio blast in london and they have a fantastic podcast telling global mythology is that correct Lonan? Mm, absolutely yeah mythology folklore um or stories inspired by mythology and folklore and taken in a whole new direction <laughs> great well that's what i love about i guess I've talked to you about a couple of, of stories and, uh, you know, reinventing them. We're often recovering great female figures in Irish mythology because there isn't enough written down about them. But then you look at the Greek myths and you can uh, anything really actually you can find a way that it's maybe uh, quite misogynistic or, 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 or slanted in a strange way and a different worldview, perhaps at the time. So. Can you tell us what your Sleeping Beauty uh, story meant for you to tell and why you told it? Mm, absolutely. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> it's probably one of the stories that I um, took the most care and time over and probably felt the most responsibility over. Um, because we, we do, a, we do a, a sort of a series of events called fucked up fairy tales, um, which is taking, you know, these, these stories that have been disney and sort of finding their original versions, which are often very, very dark in their, in their narratives and in their themes. Um, and, you know, there's some classic examples of that particular stories that have been turned into Disney films. Um, and. I, I just decided to do, I, I think I was looking up, you know, if you just Google like the dark origins of fairy tale stories or something, there's loads of, there's loads of resources on there. Um, and I, I think I, I, I found Sleeping Beauty and um, there's a few different versions of it. Um, and the, the, the sort of main theme of the version of, of a lot of the earlier versions is that this young peasant girl falls into a sleep and um, for, for, for there's a few different ways that she does that, you know, be, her finger being pricked on the, on the, on the sewing machine is just one. Um, and then while she's asleep, a king finds her and, and, and rapes her um, while she's asleep. And she is then, she, she then um, gives birth to his children and and the ending of most of these these original versions is that she was essentially lucky 
to be raped by a king because she then had his children and you know the idea is that as a young as a young peasant you know you to 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 have the king's children is like you know an honor um and to play like to to play devil's advocate and i seriously feel like devil saying it's like but in terms of status back then if you're a peasant to qualify yourself into the the regal family essentially would be a quite a privilege is it not would you not be happy for that situation (laughs) i mean maybe maybe in terms of status but you know I, i i guess then so 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 there's that whole concept that you know she she that she was that you know she was lucky and and there's also the other side of it which is sort of what you've just talked about is is that privilege um often this is now looking at the sort of modern day situations that privilege gives men feels like men have the right to do what the whatever they want with that so you know the king feels like he has a right to her because he's the king and obviously it's a it's his right to do whatever he wants and and I think that is very 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 much a part of the more modern um, Me Too movement. If you look at these men in really really big positions of power, you know we've got Harvey Weinstein, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, very 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 powerful. They 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 know that they can get do what they want, and for a long time they did do what they wanted. And there are still men doing what they want within positions of power because people are afraid to. Or you know if you think of the king being Harvey Weinstein, you know he thinks oh well. I'm giving them a position within this film or giving them a, a position on this, on this thing, but it comes at a very big cost and it comes at the cost of, of, of dignity and respect. Um, so I think that's what I, what I saw in that story was you had this man who did whatever he wanted. Um, and the, the problem with all those other versions is how it ends and it doesn't end with, with retribution or justice or any sort of comeuppance for the king. And again, that's something that's happened. If you look at how many sexual assault or rape cases actually ever go to trial or are actually convicted of 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 being guilty, it's such a low percentage that that people very 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 um, rarely face the consequences of their actions when it comes to this, particularly men. Um, so that's why I saw within the story, and, and it felt like such such a, a, an undertaking to to take the story on because I I, I didn't want to. Um, completely sort of clean it and and make it look pretty I also didn't want to make it really graphic or really like challenging for anyone who might who might be listening to it I mean you know I think you did it at the start of the podcast as well there's just a little bit of a warning about some of the content um but and also then I I wanted to have some sort of like like retribution some sort of justice some sort of power at the end where the women take control and right. and 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 the king you know the king gets it's what he deserved essentially and i think there's a really you know the 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 ending was was also helped quite a lot um well well there's one particular point in it that that was a conversation that sarah lisa and i had and and we and i was like how do i how do i get get it that the king kind of almost impales himself in a way almost you know it falls on his own sword essentially and and the whole thing of like asking him what he would do if his if it was him if it was his situation and he gives the answer and then you're like all right well 
you've basically committed yourself to death you this yeah, you yeah. you've you've given yourself you've the given sentence yourself the punishment yeah. yeah i mean there's there's a very similar thing in the sons of tyranny the exact same thing lou asks who who's killed my you know, who among you would uh uh, would dare to kill my father and everyone says nothing and then he says okay well I know the the killer of my father is in the room what would you all do to them and so there's this chop off his head you know kill him bones and then the three guys that he knows kill his head the sons of Tyran uh, kill his father I mean uh, are there shouting away saying the same thing and he says okay I tell you what I know it was those guys <laughs> but I won't mm. do what you're saying I'll do something later so yeah it, it's, a, it's a classic um, trope of of fairy tale and mythology of using mm-hmm. of using but it's very well well used and nice to actually get a chance to subvert that kind of uh that story and, and work it in a, in a way that the king does get his comeuppance um it was yeah beautifully told even though it's a dark story it has that it's funny going into the going into a reworking of a fairy tale i remember talking to you about the uh uh, the Pandora's box when you were kind of writing that as well of like mm. how do you rewrite that that the that the victim isn't necessarily the the uh, the female or how do you get a chance for not you know some form of male uh, consequence you know for, mm. for their actions rather than it just being a cause and effect and female just being kind of brushed aside in it um, we had an interesting chat uh, Oshin uh <laughs> after we listen to this story about what the hell story could you echo uh, or find an irish corresponding story um can you talk us through your choice on um yeah so this my 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 my, my like thinking and psychology behind that was um it's the change narrative. That's what I uh, I have an issue with. Like obviously, all of the specifics are bad, but the systemic gaslighting of society and everybody involved in it to change it and it's like light, 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 light. This didn't happen. That didn't happen. Who happened here? And then there was the the Kurai story that we did for her story the first time. And I remember when Circus sent it to me. At the end of the story was like you know. Oh, yeah, that, that fucking planet, she's a horrible cunt. She tricked that fucking wizard and killed him and it's like backstabbed him. Never tell a woman anything. They'll, they'll just use her secrets against you. And I listened to it and I was like, hang on, what? <laughs> and then we had to chat about it and then, like, just was, told the exact same story, but just, you know, yeah, it's like the David and the Goliath thing. Oh, yeah, David bet Goliath. Oh, the poor little guy bet the big, huge giant with a fucking gun, and he shot him in the eye. <laughs> superior firepower. <laughs> you know, superior technology changed the narrative. That's, uh, you know, and then Blonnet is just, she's just, you know, a happy victim. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm uh, captured. Okay, I'm off. Grand. Um. Like, they went over to get the cows and the cauldron. And then it's like, well, no, hang on, I'll have her as well. Scoop. You know, she's like, what? 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 Hang on. What? No. Then you land in Ireland and you're like, oof. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, just taking that line, you, you the, the end of the line of that story, I think, is uh, you should never trust your wife. See, this is proof that you should never trust your wife. Which is and- 
like you could tell the whole story and literally that if that's your last line that that can't be the point of that story and i remember hearing surika live and kind of going that it's such a bizarre moral of the story and the ending it, it but it, it's funny now because it so doesn't fit almost how like the sleeping beauty it just doesn't fit now you're like hang on that doesn't actually really sound nice or good you know like this this idea of oh well now that you get to be queen it's great and now that Blanet gets to be queen and captured away and basically imprisoned uh, in Kuroi's castle and his you know, it's interesting as well, though, you know, the, the Epstein and all that other stuff. So I'm slightly older than you guys. And when I was growing up in pop culture, everything on TV was like, oh, yeah, you know, the lad hunts the woman. You hunted women, you courted them. You're like, no, no, no. But James Bond's a classic example. Oh, James Bond. No, no, no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Hello. He, he said no three times. Like, you know, you can't just counter that with three yeses and have your way. Like, you know, this isn't like mythology. <laughs> and, that, and that was saturated into culture. And that only kind of changed you know, a little bit, ironically, with the kind of Joss Whedon era of like total psychopaths. You know, hey, I'm going to champion women and then like abuse a load of them while I'm at it for the crack. Allegedly. Oh, yeah. It's not. Oh, I mean, Sting, Sting has another song about falling in love with um, one of his young students as a teacher. Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. A whole movie about a dancer who, like, you know, gets with an underage girl while she's on holidays. This was the culture. And it's like, it's, uh, you know, like, uh, and, uh, and now I'm seeing, like, the end result of all of that kind of stuff. And you're going, Ooh, okay. So what happens to everybody when everybody, like, I've great a personal experience because, like, I grew up in a reality that I thought was a reality and then I found out it wasn't a reality. So I have, like, a, a direct, you know, A-B parallel of, like, oh, okay, whoop. So now I'm looking at society and going, what happens if you've been lied to all of this time and then you try it? Like, is that where you get all these anxiety disorders and all of this stuff because you know you've been... You you ultimately know internally you're being gaslit and it's wrong, but you don't know why because everybody's saying it's right. Sure. And that's the kind of like going against the grain of society and it's tougher to do it and it's easier to go along. And then suddenly you're going along so long that you're like, whoa, this isn't, this is so far down against some form of moral intuition that you can't actually break away from it anymore. It becomes difficult. Um, and like, you know, you can point at a lot of different aspects in society. Uh, <laughs> to find that is the truth but i guess coming back to like uh lonan the 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 core of this story for me from kind of a listening point of view was um obviously flipping flipping the narrative to be a more uh, engaged one for for females and making the uh the passive victim more active in the narrative and that's very clear in the kind of two stories you know like not letting them just be completely passive and actually giving them uh, agency but is there anything else that jumps out to you from 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 uh from that crossover that maybe we haven't touched on that you you uh found a kind of oh that's would you know any, any surprises i suppose from hearing that 
You mean hearing hearing Oshin Oshin's story? The echo, yeah. Yeah, I I think it it was it was really um yeah I I think the the thing that stood out most for me was was like you said that the the focus of the narrative being more on her and I and I think also like um what I liked in in Oshin's story was the talking about her trying to stay positive and and trying to like get through it and trying to um, you know, not not bring misery on herself by thinking about miserable things or sad things, and then that was sort of misinterpreted by by the by by the man in the story as being like, oh, she's obviously really enjoying this. She's obviously great, but she was in survival mode. You know, she she's been kidnapped and she's hiding, and like you know, she can't escape this castle, and so she's in survival mode. And and you know, for a lot of women, when they're in situations where there's men like that, they are in survival mode. They'll smile and they have to just be nice and not make a fuss and not cause any problems and not say anything bad because because in some cases they're scared and they're they're fearful of it and, and I guess that's that was something that came through in the story as well um and I just I I really I really yeah I really appreciated and enjoyed and I could see why you chose it the, the sort of the flipping of the narrative um and then and then the ending, you know, sort of had a, had a nice echo at the ending of, of our story as well with some uh, some good old violence. <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely, gotta gotta have the violence. And it's kind of funny in, in in the contrast between the two stories. Actually, Oshin, you told the story fairly beat for beat the way it does happen in the original story but you just shifted the perspective that little mm. bit. So like, you know, it's actually just stepping away and go, well, actually it's not her, that planet is an evil wife. It's that she's killing her captive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she says, the whole thing was, right? And and you know the way when we, when we were working on it and I really wanted it to echo Lonan's story and the whole part of it was that like, she was awake and conscious and aware of all of this the whole time, as opposed to Sleeping Beauty, who was sort of semi, like, you know, you know, and then I was going like, so, but, but also the parallel is Sleeping Beauty stuck in a kingdom with an unopposable uh, power that's an unstoppable force that she has no allies against, right? So you can't defeat it. And Blonnet was stuck in Kakakangri that you can't get into or out of and trapped by an unkillable magical creature druid thing. Even though she was also a magical creature herself, she was like completely out of sorts because of Mananon's whole veil thing. And that was like bang, like draw the curtain. So you so she went from being absolutely powerful and uh, you know, more or less omnipotent over in Inisfir Falga to being completely powerless other than her, her own mental health and well-being. And it was like that, that, that she had to then look after that. Because, again, if you're in that situation where you're in survival mode, okay, like um, me personally, I'm, 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 I'm physically big. I rarely feel physically threatened in any situations. But I've been in situations where I've been completely mentally entrapped and incapable of dealing with it. And, and it's the helplessness. And you're like, okay, how do you manifest this helplessness? And then how do you take control in that scenario? You have to go into some sort of, you know, it's like training, like, you know, we're going to torture you now, and then you're going to figure out how you won't give up the secrets. And then 
And, and when I saw the name of the story, Capturing Blanet, I was like, oh, man. We should have called it Blanet's Escape. But no, we shouldn't have. We should have called it Capturing Blanet because it's how she took control of the situation. And, you know, if the only thing that you can do is to smile and get through it, then do that. But absolutely make sure you go back and cut the fuckers. Throat 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 Don't no, let them get away with it. But it's I, I, I'm I'm kind of fascinated. So in one hand, you have this like really well-known folktale that everybody knows. That's Disney, Disneyfied has been told, I'd say countless numbers of times, you know, and it's really simple and you really have to work though, Lonan, to change the ending, to get some form of like kind of modern, happy moral resolve out of it. Like you, you kind of had, to, like you said, you had to have a conversation and figure out how to flip it and, and to a satisfactory kind of point of view. And then there's this ancient old Irish story that, that the beats are, are like, they all lead the same way. The, mm. Like ultimately, Planet does actually take agency in, in that story to an extent and does kill her, her husband and, and gets Ku Cullen in. And the moral is the only thing you change. The moral of the story is your wife should never be trusted. No, just, just a, a remove that and... <laughs> Then, then you're kind of left with like at least we have this uh, interesting character in, in the Irish story where this global myth or store folktale you, you, you've you've lost a kind of a a limb out of it. There's there's nothing else going on really for Sleeping Beauty. She sleeps, she gets raped with the word rape being left out all of the time, and then she's happy when she wakes up because she's pregnant or she's pregnant with the king's kids. I don't know. Um, if I was to, yeah, go ahead, Lon. Do you want to say something? No, I was just going to say, yeah, like what, like what, what is sort of stands out from what you're just saying is, is it's fascinating looking at the morals that they were trying to put out in these stories, um, because it just makes you, you know, obviously looking back at, you know, it was all about control and warning women what would happen if they stepped out of line and, and things like that, but the the. The moral, the the actual way the story ends, the Sleeping Beauty story is something along the lines of like, those who are lucky in life are fortunate even while they sleep. And you're like, oh, oh what? Did, oh. It's so <laughs> weird. It's like, but yeah. And it goes the lucky folks so are like, just lucky no matter what. Yeah. And you're like, well, no, but what she wasn't lucky at all she was very unlucky but um you know it's similar to what you've just said you you you've had to change the moral like what what do we and this is something that i i think about a lot when when we're working on stories i think maybe we've chatted about it before but it's like what responsibility do we have as storytellers and and this is a conversation i had with my partner and when i was working on pandora's box and it's it's you know why would we want to share stories that are misogynistic or homophobic or racist or anything like that? Um, and, you know, there's something to be said for keeping sort of the traditions alive, but these stories have already been told in that way. Mm. We already know what happens. The woman gets something horrible happens to her. She dies and um, everyone's fine uh, apart from her. Or, you know, I know there's like variations within that, but those stories have already been told they've already been shared and us as storytellers why would why don't we have a responsibility to shift the narrative for the next generation for the next people to come along for 
the people who come along to our shows and listen to us, we have a responsibility to not keep sharing those narratives because arguably we're perpetuating those ideas or those those things. And obviously a modern audience can listen to that and go, oh, that's really, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. But like I said, those stories have already been shared. So let's let's change it, you know, let's do it differently. Let's take take responsibility for it because being a storyteller without sort of uh, blowing our own trumpets too much, being a storyteller is a very powerful role because you're 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 forming narratives you're sharing stories you're educating you're you know the 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 responsibility over a person's imagination and how what journeys you take them to and where you take them to is a very very important one and i felt it like in in shows like where people you know you kind of you you kind of realize like you're taking people into some really dark territory and you have to be careful with that you know I'm um, and very well said, and I, I think I agree. Yeah, I agree with everything you say. Like, I think the the role of modern storytellers, whether they're writers, authors, you know, filmmakers, songwriters, uh, photographers, because they can tell a thousand words for one photo. And um, you know, you there are ways of telling stories. And like the most literal one is is what we're doing right now. You know, are talking about. But I think like the damage that these stories do is equal to both sexes because I think that's sometimes forgotten that like, oh, the, this is all about subjugating women. There's a damage to the male psyche in thinking and being told stories that you'll um, you'll you'll get um, some form of sexual gratification, you know, by by just looking for it. And, and you're you're uh, you're due it, you know, um, and this idea of um, uh, of of thinking that you're um, uh going to be in some way uh, rewarded for just being a man it's it's damaging it's not a good one for either uh people you know sexes to, to learn because then ultimately you've kids grown up to be and uh, not very nice men which you were trying to avoid but um come here alone and one uh last story because we'll wrap it up uh on uh, quickly enough um the a question I wanted to ask you that I didn't say I'd ask you at the start. Um, if I were to put it put you on the spot, which I am, and if you were to echo back a story uh, after listening to Oshins without thinking about Sleeping Beauty now, would you have any, did any other stories come to mind or would you think of any other uh, ways of echoing a story that might not necessarily be on the themes that we've just found today? Anything come to your mind? Yeah, um, the, the the story I actually have, I, I was going to mention it, um, and I've been thinking about it while we've been talking, is the story of Medea, um, because um, there, there's a really good podcast. I think it's called The C Word, and it's all about different women throughout history who have been labeled as crazy, but actually looking at their full sort of story. And I guess the most recent modern example is like Britney Spears, Um, where, you know, when she shaved her head and everything, everyone was like, oh, God, she's absolutely losing her shit. And now we realize afterwards the the amount of stuff that was going on and she was suffering. But Medea is a really good example because Medea does kill her children at the end of the story, which is obviously a horrific thing to do. But she is basically completely heartbroken and she's been completely destroyed by Jason. And he, you know, brings her to this strange land 
promises her that they'll marry and live happily ever after and then he basically runs off with someone else as soon as they get there and and so she's heartbroken but you know we often don't hear those sides of the story because it's very much like oh Medea god she was mad wasn't she and you're like yes but there's a reason there's there's a narrative behind it there's something that happened to her that forced her to do that why would someone kill their children you know unless something terrible had happened and I think that would be a really good one um so yeah, the C, the C word, I think, is the name of the podcast. It's a, it's a good one. Um, and I also wanted to just sort of highlight the uh, irony, which isn't missed, of three men talking about the representation of women in stories. Um, I, know, I think yeah. it's important for us to to, to acknowledge it. Um, yes, it's, indeed. It's there. <laughs> it is indeed. Well, actually, yeah, no, thanks for mentioning it. Sorica, wise to, to host this chat, but uh, due to the lack of uh, timelines working out unfortunately to step in so yeah I actually mentioned to say that at the start actually because it is a little bit like lads what are you on about uh, <laughs> fuck off uh, go away and watch the football probably. Um so yeah if there are any women I don't do any better stuff I'm not one of those I don't subscribe to that crap from like I barely even like in, in, the, in society I just look at it and I'm like what are you doing why are you lying to everybody? Why is everybody lying to each other? Right. Well, that's why you got to tell the stories and, and, and keep them keep them lovely. And listen, um, beautiful work by Kim, Tim Carpa on the uh, on the music for your story alone. And Oshin, you managed to put together the story and the music for your own story. So uh, fair play to you. Not just no, you know. Oh, this was another one actually. Um, just yeah, on the music side of things. Like Ah, lovely, lovely. Well, well done for echoing that musically and ton tonally and everything. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and Lauren, I'd say we'll be doing a few more uh, crossovers again. Uh, and thanks very much for coming on. To is there anything you want to plug or mention, uh, or you know, just give a give a shout out? Um. No, not from our end, really. Um, we, yeah, things are, we, we've got um, our podcasts, which are still up there, like you said at the start, and our Soho Radio Show. But at the moment, um, the return to live, live performance has been slow, but we'll get there. We'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're on the same boat of like trying to figure out, I have a couple of things lined up, but uh, yeah, I think everyone, every kind of venue that we're, we've talked to a few times of like oh, we're just trying to get bar staff i don't even know what's going on <laughs> uh, so it's all a bit chaotic at the moment but listen thanks a million Lonan, um and excellent work uh guys on on linking up with the stories uh, i thoroughly enjoyed listening to them uh, and uh, listen we'll catch you next time until then thank you so much for having me great chat to you Lonan.